Well, I binge watch my favorite shows because I have no self-control. Oh, it's just so easy with Netflix. So on today's episode of Spot On, we are going to look at why Netflix binge-watching is the new book club. This is Spot On, a health and wellness podcast for college students, soon-to-be college students, or anyone that knows a college student. Spot On breaks through the latest health and wellness information hijacked from media headlines to provide you with accurate and usable information that is, well, spot on, spot on to meet your needs. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake. I am a nutrition professor at Boston University and the author of the college textbook called Nutrition in You, which is used in colleges across the United States and abroad. Okay, get ready for this. You ready? Netflix has 130 million customers in 190 countries. Okay, so a recent statistic, over 90% of college students have access to a Netflix account. So I'm thinking the majority of those Netflix subscribers must be on college campuses. And another study I had read that approximately 75% of college students agree that most college students engage in binge watching. So let's go to the street and find out why you binge watch your favorite shows. I tend to binge watch shows out of boredom or if I need to procrastinate something. It's to avoid doing my school projects and homework and just all of the above when it comes to studying. To avoid doing my homework. If there's a cliffhanger, like, you know I gotta watch it, even if it's like 2 a.m. I keep watching a show no matter how long it takes me, how many days it takes me, I keep watching it. If it's like a new Netflix series, I just want to binge watch it all so I don't get any spoilers on Twitter. Well, I binge watch my favorite shows because I have no self-control. And I think it's easier than ever now, especially with Netflix's like auto play function to just like let it run. I do binge watch Netflix shows. I feel like once you get into it, it's like really interesting and then you just want to finish because you want to see how the show goes. Binge watching shows is a good way to relax when you have some free time. Also, it's fun to see the continuity if you watch a lot in a row. Every time I catch myself binge watching a show, I like hate myself because I, I know it's bad in my mind. I know it's not good for me. Oh, but it's just so easy with Netflix. Today on the show, I'm really excited to have Sarah Krongard. She has a master's from Harvard and working on a PhD here at Boston University in Emerging Media Studies. What she is working on is the social and emotional implications of media, including binge watching uh, of shows. So she is the binge watching expert. Welcome to Spun On. Thank you so much for having me. So tell me, how has these online streaming services, you know, Netflix, who, how have they pretty much changed the way we watch our shows? Sure. So I think they mainly have changed uh, access. So we have access to just so many series, full series, full seasons, um, and then we can watch them anytime, anywhere on our devices. Uh, so we can watch them on our smartphones. We can watch them on our tablets. It changes where, when, and how we consume. Um, in the past, I think perhaps we were binge watching, maybe through a marathon that was on TBS or something like that, or maybe VHS 
box sets, but those were, you know, the box sets were quite expensive, and this was, you know, few and far between. People would have, like, you know, one or two series. Now we just have so much access. We have control. We have agency where we decide when and what we consume. So these platforms have really given us as consumers power in a lot of ways to decide how we consume these shows. Right. So it's, it's really has changed. It's making it more interactive. In other yes. words, I'm in the driver's seat and I'm going to watch, you know, the, you know, uh, the Walking Dead. Yes. Uh, when I want to watch it and and how long I want to watch it. Exactly. So it's really really interesting. Rather than I have to wait till next week for the next episode. Right. Right. And see how the story is going on. Sure. So you know, what is binge watching? I mean, mm-hmm. what it, what's the definition? Is is it like two or more shows at a time? Two or more hours? You know, two more straight days of watching it, not leaving the house, taking a shower. I mean, what right. what is the definition of binge watching? Sure, I don't know if the shower thing is necessarily <laughs> part of it, but maybe we should we should think about it. There is a, some ambiguity in the field, I would say, with regard to coming up with a shared definition, which makes it a little bit challenging. So some some scholars and you know popular resources define it as in a general way of just consuming large quantities of one show or series in a short period of time. So this is just kind of generalized. And I think that's how we perceive it. You know, we understand the concept, but then some scholars get more specific when defining it. So they'll have, say, three episodes of one show in one sitting. And right. that, that I think, has made it a little bit easier to quantify for, right. for more empirical articles. Um, and that's what I've used in my study. So three or more episodes of one show in one sitting. You know, that's not really that long because, you right. know, th- uh, you know, it, they take out the commercials, right? And so sure. what is an episode? Maybe 20 minutes? So what, like, what are yeah. we talking here? Sure. An I hour? Mean, I mean, that it, doesn't seem that bad. It, it seems that maybe it should be more on time than episode because shows right. can be from 22 minutes to an hour long drama or, or even now where because of these platforms, the form and of content has been shifting. Something like Black Mirror has a new season out and it's just one episode and it's got like a feature length film length, but it's still a, a television show. Right. So we're really complicating what even is TV. Right, right, right. And, you know, it, it, it is, it, you know, as I open up the segment here, he, it, I mean, it is something that he's been watching. We're all doing this. Sure. And they actually, I read an article, they actually list the top college, um, been watching series that college students watch. You know, and ahead of the list is Walking Dead, The Office, uh, Game of Thrones. I mean, Game of Thrones, you could binge watch, what, for a week? I mean, I mean, what? <laughs> Probably longer. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's six or so seasons, I think. Yeah. Been, the Game of Thrones people are going to come at me if I got that wrong. But (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so much content, but also it could be perceived as, you know, I'm watching one show over the course of several months, but that's the show I'm watching. So for me, for example, I don't watch a lot of TV right now. I have a little baby, but, but I will be just stick to one show. Show, So then that I feel like I'm binging, although it's not lengthy as far as hours or time spent with the show, but it's one program. So I would see that as binging. So I think, I think um, there are some articles also that say it's very dependent on individuals' interpretations. So I think there's room for more qualitative research out there to find out how people are interpreting binge-watching for themselves. You know, what... How many shows or more time, as you just said, in in one seating is considering? Okay, this is getting you know, a little too much. Like right. like I, you know, yeah. Well, how much is too much? You know, that's such a that's such a subjective question, and I'm I'm not sure I can answer it. Um, I would say that it depends on the motivations, and as as you've seen in some some pieces, there are articles that you know link binge watching to to negative consequences or or just negative relationships so something like depression and loneliness and isolation 
can be linked to binge watching. Again, there's no causation here. We right. don't know if right. people are already feeling low and so they turn to binge watching to feel better or if it's they've spent all this time right. alone watching TV and then feel worse. So it's hard to say causation, but I think that if it comes down to motivation, if you're streaming because you know, you're know you just in love with this content. I mean, if you were reading a, a bunch of literature, like, oh, I'm gonna read all the Jane Austens in two days, no one would be like, ugh, you're binging Jane Austen. So I think that there's a definite negativity within the term um, that some scholars have pushed back against. So Lisa Perks, she calls it media marathoning instead because oh. binging is so negative. And Grant McCracken, he did a, a study for Netflix. And instead of calling it binging, he called it feasting because it was like people are just, you know, loving this content. They're really digging in. So I would say it depends. Um, I know that's a, that's a tough answer, but you know something? That is so interesting because when now that I just said this, Binging is a negative word. Right. But feasting isn't. And if yeah. you are just, I mean, there, yes, there's downsides of sure. it, it, it if you're doing it to the point where it's affecting your sleep or, or sure. whatever. But if you're doing it, like you said, you know, reading a book. Right. I mean, I remember, you know, I'm going to age myself here, but I remember when the Harry Potter books came out, people were waiting at midnight yeah. for these books and then stayed up. You know, and these are big books. Stay there for 24 hours and read the book. And you wouldn't say, like, well, okay, you need to go see a psychiatrist. Right. You know what I mean? You've got a Harry Potter uh, addiction. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's right. So the, I like the feasting when it's a positive. Me too. Me too. Uh, I love that word. Yeah. That's really good. So there are some gratifications you get, uh, uh, you know, from this. And, you know, people want to relax. Sure. So, yes. you know, like you're, you've been working all day and studying because a lot of students do both yeah. and they, they have jobs. And, you know, I want to not think. So, I mean, I don't think there's a downside to, right. to relax around the office, right? Exactly. I mean, watching the office and laughing. Right. I know. I agree with that completely. And and I think that potentially people relax in different ways, too. There are people who, who find, you know, maybe really intense, violent or scary content relaxing because it kind of lets them separate themselves from from mm. this kind of intensity. Um, it could even be a form of kind of release if they have all sorts of stress inside, but other people relax with something light and, and airy. So it also, I, I think, again, there's so much room for more to dig into why people and what they're watching, how they're interpreting these shows mm -hmm. and what these shows do for them. Right, right, right. And you know, if you're watching it, um, just say you're at the, the, the gym, Sure. Right, and you're watching it, yeah. on, and you're watching it while you're working out on, on a treadmill. What's wrong with this? I'm, you know, I think sure. that's no different than listening to music. So exactly. you know, it's again, it's how you're doing it. But you know, it, it, the issue is the social issue could be negative or positive because yeah. if you're so. Um, to the point where it's getting ugly, that you're just watching it all by yourself, it can kind of divorce you from society, right? I would think so, yes. And again, I don't know if it's any different than a, another type of medium, perhaps. You know, So if you're playing video games to that point, too, it could have a similar effect. Right. Or, or if you're really obsessed with any one thing, it can lead to that sort of habitual use that turns into potentially addiction or, or something very negative. But I think maybe what makes what makes television different is you feel this parasocial relationship with the characters so you you feel like you're connected to these people and the the studies on parasocial which is which is um these one-sided friendships where you think you know you're friends with Chandler and Joey and Ross and Rachel I'm dating myself now um but but you're actually it's unrequited that obviously they aren't feeling that to you so so perhaps you're 
it, it could bl start to blur a line of reality into to, to a sense of delusion if you go too far. I mean, parasocial right. relationships in general can be soothing, can be quite nice, and um, and it's what connects us to shows. It's why we keep going back to them. But there's a point, you know, where it could turn uh, potentially problematic. You know, I, I'm sorry, but that friends, those friends were my friends. I know, Sarah. I, 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 I hear you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I've been waiting for a Christmas card every year from them, and I've never received it. But I thought they were my friends, and I guess. <laughs> all right, so I have to focus on that. Okay, all right. So, so the other there are you know positives of, uh, of you know feasting. Let's call it feasting. Yeah. I like that better. It's like if you get together with Definitely. all your friends, like, and let's watch this. So, so what fun. are the positive? I think that's a great way. I mean, I think especially college age, that time of your life is when you're really exploring, and I think pop culture becomes a part of your life, a way of connecting with people. There are you know references that you want to get. It gives you some cultural capital to kind of, um, it, it's a way of, of engaging with people. Mm -hmm. And and I think the social piece, um, watching together, co-viewing is such a wonderful experience. It also encourages you to, to kind of question your own interpretations and think more critically about the content that you're watching. So I would say co-viewing is amazing. Mm -hmm. And also just having that knowledge allows you to participate in cultural discourse, which which is a lot of fun. And, and a lot of these shows um, perhaps are, are getting more critically acclaimed and maybe even higher quality because of the, the way that they're being uh, delivered. So the platforms themselves can shift storytelling to a point of maybe elevating the content. We're not getting this kind of silly sitcoms of the past where we're kind of having this more lofty, a little bit more um, challenging uh, content. Right. And they also are in, uh, integrating what's happening in real life. For sure, yeah. And that's really big exciting. So, you know, I had read that the the uh, the uh, when you have when you watch it in a group, they call it screaming friends, which I but oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> uh, but if they're, you know, if if the show is taking in your real time what's happening in the news, that's a great way uh, to watch it and then have that conversation right. of of what is going on and and do you agree with the character on the For television sure. yes. and what's really going on in the news. So yes. I think that's really fascinating. And we all know uh, the way people are getting news nowadays are no longer just the newspaper. In right. fact, they're getting it on multiple media yes. outlets. So this could be another way to sure. you know, follow a, a, a timely issue mm -hmm. you know, um, in, 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 among a group here. Um, the, the other downside I can see about that, you know, I, I did some homework on this. Um, and I read that in, for college students, they could potentially affect their academic work. So tell me how that, that might happen. So I think that this platform or this, this technology allows you to perhaps procrastinate if, mm -hmm. if you are so inclined. Um, and it's, it's easy to just, you know, just one more, just one more episode. Um, but I would argue that if you're going to procrastinate, there are a lot of ways college students right, can right. procrastinate. So this is just one of the many ways. I wouldn't blame or even point a finger at the technology or or even the the habit. Um, it's more it's 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 like a it's a tool. Um, you could be distracted by a pen and paper. You could right. be distracted by the birds outside. You could right. be distracted by your friends in the dorm. So I kind of think that it's a, it's another one. It's another distraction, and it's very enticing because it's fun. But I don't think that it's 
it's any different from the right. other challenges that right. college right. students face. I, I, I'd imagine, you know, if the point is you're, you're, you're feasting so much yeah. that you're not sleeping and you get sure, up the next day be. and you miss a class because you overslept um, or, or you're tired and you can't finish the paper or whatever, then there's a problem. But I think you're right. I think there's so many other distractions. Let's not, you know, put, put this one out as the number one. The, the only thing, you know, be, be, being with a nutrition background, sure. you know, I'm like sedentary behavior. So that's the part that makes yep. me a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if, if you're binging for pin, feasting, sorry, yeah. feasting for two days and not showering, uh-huh. um, you know, you're not really moving. So right. that's a, a problem. Right. But I think, I mean, say it's the, th- say it's this three episodes definition you have plenty of time in your day to be active and then rest. I mean, a lot of people, I think, relax at the end of a day with, with some shows. or, And that doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't exercise that day or that they um, don't have a healthy lifestyle. So I think it sometimes is um, not comparing the right things. And in traditional television, there's a lot of research that says perhaps television is replacing time we could spend at the gym but I think that we really need to figure is is it is it actually doing that or is that just a hypothesis? Because right, right. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Television has been around forever, so exactly. let's, yeah, right, right. It, it's it, I had read something that it could get to the level for some people if they're doing it too often, too long, that they feel guilt about it. Mm, right. I I have seen studies about guilt a little bit. I think because you feel like you should. What I read in that study as well is that you feel like you should be doing something else, so you feel right. guilty about okay. it. So um, that's a possibility. I've also read a TiVo study that um, said that people are viewing it, viewing binge watching increasingly favorably. So I think that stigma of feeling guilt is kind of being pushed away. I think people are are respecting the content so much that they're treating it like you know high literature or something right. like that, which right. perhaps it is, and perhaps we're getting to that point where. Where people are really deeply engaging with this content, that's that could be you know cognitively demanding right. and challenging, right. which is which is powerful and positive. In the world of nutrition and eating, we know that um, you can have something yummy to eat, and the first bite is oh. This is fabulous. The second bite will reinforce that the first one is mm-hmm. good. But as you keep on eating it, it declines. Mm-hmm. So my question is, is binge watching. In other words, oh, the first show is great. The mm-hmm. second one, oh, yeah, it's great. And then it's struck on third, third show for, right. or in a row. Does it get to the point where it makes the watching less entertaining? That's interesting. I think that there has been a study that, that suggests, um, I think it was out of University of Melbourne, that... Um, it does binge watching does make the show less enjoyable and over time less memorable immediately more memorable memorable but then over time less memorable which is interesting that said these peop- these participants were in a lab they were binge watching right. in a lab so they're not in their home they're not with their friends right so that's that's a that perhaps is is problematic i don't i'm not sure that said i think that the shows are now being crafted in a way that rewards binge watching so right. I think we do have to be careful that we're right. not being exploited so that interesting that des- a desire for for more 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 um, I think that the creators are now adjusting the storylines to speak to that need and maybe even heightening the violence so that we're <gasps> we're not as desensitized so because we need more stimuli in order to feed our desires because we're, we're watching so much yeah this is interesting so could this be addictive 
I think I think it could be, and I think that that's the goal. If we're looking at it from the creator's perspective, of course they want us to keep watching. They would love that. So they're going to use all the science that they can. To say, right. Exactly. So I, I think that we need to be savvy. And, you know, there are positives and it's potentially, you know, very cognitively engaging. However, I think we also need to be aware that, you know, we are, Netflix doesn't care about our well-being necessarily. That's not their bottom line. Right. So I think being aware of these creators, who who are they making this for? What is their goal? What is the message? What is the message? Yeah. So right. I think we need to be savvy. Um, right. Right. We don't want to be manipulated. So I think that my goal in my work is that I want people to be savvy media users and creators and not let themselves be manipulated by right. media. Well, this leads us right to your study. Sure. And, and this study, this was fascinating. <laughs> you talked about the study about violence in binge watching. Can right. you explain your study and sure. what you found, because this is unbelievable. Thanks, sure. So the study that I conducted with um, Mina Seivogel here at BU, um, we looked at, we did two studies actually that was that came into this one research project. So the first study looked at depictions of violence in the most commonly binged watched online television series. So this was in the fall of 2015, so we had five shows that were the most popular at the time. What were they? Daredevil. Bloodline, Marco Polo, House of Cards, and The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Ooh. Yeah, a nice okay. mix. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to analyze the ways in which violence was depicted. So we looked at how much violence, the context of violence, whether the violence was morally justified, meaning did, you know, was it a hero trying to save the day by, mm -hmm. you know, taking down the, mm -hmm. the villain? Or, and then we looked at the perpetrators and the targets of violence. So we looked at their identities to see who was conducting the violence and who were the recipients of violence. In the end, what we found was that these shows were extremely violent and the violence wow. was tended to be um, very intentional, graphic, serious, significant to the plot, and very little moral justification was happening. So we weren't seeing a lot of violence to support the common good, you know? Yeah. I read in, in your study that it was like six violent instances per hour? Right, it was something something right around there, I know. Uh, it was like, yeah. that is unbelievable. I mean, yeah. that that's a lot of violence really is, going yeah. on there. And, and the other part of the study, you said that the viewers who spent more time consuming um, binge watch programs were more likely to see the world as mean. Sure, so the second study we did, we tried to look at the second order effects. So we looked at how this might in influence worldview um, or how it related to worldview, because right. again, no causation. Right. But we found that people who spent more time binging, binging in general, and these shows specifically, uh, saw the world as a meaner place mm. um, and a less kind, friendly environment. So we saw that there was a relationship with the with these specific programs, especially because they, I think, because they're so violent. Now that's that's very interesting. We got to stay on top of this because as more and more of the streaming comes in, because if the producers are upping exactly the violence to get you hooked, right. or whatever, what is this doing to your mind, and and how is that coloring what you see on the street? Now you remember exactly. this is a this is a show. This right. is not reality. Yeah. You know, and so. 
that's very, very interesting to almost step back and say, okay, uh, I have to be careful with this because I'm watching a lot of this often. Right. And I'm all of a sudden looking at people on the street like they're like exactly. they're bad people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think a lot of it's subconscious. We don't necessarily right. know that it's influencing how we see the world. Right. You also did another study, which is yeah. really fascinating, and because right now, you know, we're into this whole political thing, and we got it, we got <laughs> it, we have a uh, political campaign coming up. Yep. But tell us about the relationship with binge watching and politics. Right. So in 2016, my uh, my professor at, at BUCOM, Jacob Groshek, and I did a study on um, the relationship with civic engagement. So we were hmm. looking at how streaming television relates to social lives in general. Mm -hmm. um, and what we found was this positive relationship between time spent streaming and online and offline civic engagement, meaning, you know, do you attend town halls? Do you write a letter to your, you know, selectmen? That, that kind of, those kinds of actions. So it's not just, you know, signing a petition online. These mm -hmm. are real in-person right. activities. Get involved. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so what did you find? So we found this positive relationship, which made us say that is curious because that past studies have typically shown that television relates negatively to so so the more television you watch the less involved you are politically but the but the findings over the years and this started the onset of television people started looking at the relationship with politics and it's been up and down and, and inconsistent but consistently we found that news media relates positively so people who watch the news on TV are more civically engaged but here we're finding that it didn't matter what they were watching it was just the time they spent streaming so what we what we hypothesize is that it's these active lean-in practices that we're engaging with so we are in control of our content we're making choices in the decisions we're not passive recipients of media anymore so is this activating some kind of you know agency within us that right. we then translate into the real world right right you know I was reading that your study which was fascinating and you reported that you binging on certain shows had an effect on whether somebody was involved uh, in politics. You, you, what I read is the House of Cards and Orange is the New Black or Homeland, they were grouped as streaming political content and they what, um, what happened to them? Right, so, so it, what we found, what we thought that perhaps the content of the show would matter, but in the end it didn't matter if it was, if it were political or apolitical content. So whether you're watching House of Cards or Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the content didn't matter. It was genre agnostic. You were more civic. Meaning what? Meaning that it didn't matter what the type of content was. You were, if you streamed more, you were more civically engaged, which really? we found fascinating. So, but we did have a pretty small sample of shows. When we asked about specific shows, we didn't get too deep into genre. So my current work is digging into this finding right. a bit more because it is fascinating and it's a little curious and I want to know more about this. Right. So people, you know, when we first started talking about this, they said, oh yeah, sure, if you watch House of Cards, definitely. Right. That's what you would think, but right. it's a little counterintuitive here. Right, um, right. So I, my current dissertation work is looking into this, trying to break down genre more specifically, trying to see which of the shows might have more of an impact, um, and we'll we'll see. I mean, right. it, this is fascinating, it is, it is, it's and exciting. it is fascinating because we're coming up into this political arena, and and you know, and now we're streaming more. So yeah. you know, uh, we're hoping that maybe you stream and then go vote. Exactly, that, that's a take home message. Stream here. to the polls. That's, let's go. So I I, I want to thank you for coming on. I think this is really fascinating, and I think that. Um, 
what I'm going to do here is if I'm streaming game Game of Thrones, I'm gonna also stream Friends the next day. It so that this because <laughs> this way I you know, when I walk on the street I I'm, I make friends make right, friends exactly. and, and, and smile a little bit. And not to do one kind because I don't want this, you know, colored look of the it's world. It's true. You know, yeah. Negative look I of the think world. that's something that we can do, try to yeah, get more balanced. Right. And and I want to stream with friends because I, I think that's a great way to, to talk things over. And what I, I'm always having a party, so <laughs> streaming with friends. So I just want to thank Sarah Krongard for very much coming here and, and, and talking about, um, I don't know if we're going to call it binge watching, maybe <laughs> feasting watching, okay, <laughs> of, of uh, streaming shows. And, you know, there's some good parts of it. Um, and there's some positives to it, but if it gets to the point where it's too much, uh, you're not showering, I think you have to like pull it back a little bit. Sure. So again, thank you so much for coming on Spot On. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Spot On. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joan Salji Blake. Please subscribe to Spot On through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you find your podcasts. Also, visit our Facebook page to join the conversation and tell us what you'd like to hear in future episodes. And oh, by the way, could you ask five of your friends or family members to download Spot On and subscribe to it? Do I ask a lot from you?